Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We thank you, Lord, for your Word. We thank you that it never returns void. That's why we say it will never be the same, because your Word is being ministered. Lord, that's all I ask this morning is that my words not interfere with your words, that you would use me as an instrument in your hands, that, Lord, as they hear your word, that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and that they would be ministered to, Father. And I pray that in these next few minutes, Father, that you would mold our hearts, wash our minds with your word, and leave us never the same. In the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. I woke up with a frog in my throat. It's not COVID, so relax, okay? If you go home, I got it because of Pastor Rick. I was in line the other day and I sneezed. Yeah. (laughs) Not a good thing. So I figured I'd get on the bandwagon and say, you're all going to get COVID. It's because of me. (laughs) <laughs> Half the people laughed, the other people looked at me funny. But Yeah, I'm either funny or annoying, one of the two. There's no in between for me. <clears throat> so you have to excuse me as I clear my throat. I don't know what happened this morning, but we're going to start a, a series today called This Is That, and our reference scripture is going to be Acts chapter 2, verses 12 through 16, but I want to set a little bit of a foundation here. So we've been uh, working on what we called restoring the church. I think we went like six uh, teachings in that series. You can go back online in the app and all that to listen to those <clears throat> if you like. And basically we went through the book of Galatians, uh, scripture by scripture. We skipped a few, but we went through there and we reestablished or restored is the, is the word that we were using, restored the church as they did in the times of, of the Galatian church. And Paul wrote to them because they had the gospel when Paul went through there and planted all these churches. And then they they mixed it and intermingled it with works. Circumcision, and you had to do this and do that and do the other. Yeah, that's okay. But And they they basically did away with the grace that was being given to them. So it would be a good series for you to to listen to, even listen to again if you're interested. But So they went through there. I'm sorry. They went through there and they they fixed this and they restored these things. Now that that I feel like we've learned these things and we need to make those adjustments, now we need to rebrand the church. I was trying to find a better word, but uh, you know, the the church has a branding problem. And uh, if you go out there, and, and I want you to know, these are not negative sayings. These are just things that we're noticing. And if we 
If we see them and we do nothing about it, then the church continues in the way that it was, right? And the biggest room in the house is always the room of improvement, right? So we always need to be looking how to improve and how to be better and how to represent God better because the church is not our idea. It was his idea. It was he planted it. He made it. He, uh, uh, you know, created the foundation for it. It was his idea in the book of Acts. You can read through there. We've been going through that on our discipleship class, which we're taking a break now during plantings. But we're going through the book of Acts and you're seeing, you know, one of the things that we ran into that was like, we've read so many times, is that everyone had everything in common. Like they would bring everything they had and everything. Nobody had a need in the church. We're not like that anymore. We need to go back to being more like that, where if we see a need in the church and you're able to supply that need because you're better off, we should be able to supply that need, right? In these times, when they had an abundance, it was an abundance for every good work, it wasn't an abundance so they can buy a bigger house and, and you know, a bigger horse to pull their carriage because I wanted to say a, a nicer car, but back in those times, right? They wanted to get a, a Budweiser horse and, or, or you know, something nicer or, or buy or store more stuff in their storehouse. Remember the, the, the rich guy that had a storehouse full, built another storehouse and died the next day? <clears throat> so when God gives you an abundance, he, he gives you a responsibility to do what you've been called. doesn't mean that you're not blessed by it. doesn't mean that you can't live well because you have an abundance. But it means that if you have more than what you need, then it's to be able to. But the church has to make those adjustments. <clears throat> so we're going to start This Is That. And uh, there's four parts to this series. Today we're going to cover the Holy Spirit. This is one of those topics that is, if you go out into our town and our city and you go to people that maybe attended church a long time ago, or they've tried church and they left, or maybe they've never been into a church, but they watched something on Netflix, or they watched something you know, on YouTube, and they said, see, all they want is my money. We're going to talk about that in this series you know, we need to rebrand ourselves. So the Holy Spirit, I ain't going there because they're just going to roll around and bark like dogs and, and pray in that weird tongue and they're going to, and they're going to, you know, lay hands on me and they're going to make me fall on the ground. And, you know, and some of that is our fault. Part of that branding problem is our fault. Now, a lot of people want to find a reason or an excuse not to go to church and they use those and they exaggerate what's happening but we need to fix some of that and have a better understanding as to, as to how that works. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Yes. Right? The, the, in, in New King James, back in the, in the days, they said that Holy Ghost rolled off the tongue better, so they changed it to Holy Ghost. But uh, it's not a good word. I prefer Holy Spirit because the word spirit means pneuma. <clears throat> and pneuma with deutimus... You guys remember that teaching? The power of God, power, dudamus is dynamite. But you can blow up dynamite where there's no pneuma present, and it doesn't cause much damage. It doesn't change its surroundings. But if you blow up dudamus with pneuma around it, it changes its surroundings. How many of you know? They changed the whole uh, 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 you know, city of New York by an explosion. You no longer see those buildings standing there, right? It changed everything. In the same way, pneuma is, is what we call the spirit, 
right? The holy pneuma of God. And with the power of God, that pneuma will change your circumstances and change the things around you. So um, let's just get to where we're at here in Acts 2. So Jesus died. We just did uh, uh, Easter, resurrected in his glorified body, spent 40 days giving his disciples some final words. He tells them to go into this room and wait for a helper that he will send after he leaves the earth. So Acts chapter 2 verses 12 through 16 is our reference scripture for this series of uh, uh, four different sermons. So verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? They still didn't understand. They were like, what is going on? What's amazing to me and and perplexing to me is how they obeyed anyway. Some, however, made fun of them. The Holy Spirit had come down. They were praying in tongues. People are like, they're praying in all these different languages, and we some of them we understand, and it was like it was a crazy moment, right? What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They had they have had too much wine. Look at them, they're drunk and they're falling around and they're you ever been in a Holy Spirit service where everybody looked drunk? <laughs> then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice. Of course he did, it's Peter, and addressed the crowd. And now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is not the same Peter from before. He's gonna get it right this time. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Peter was Cuban. Listen, listen carefully. He had a big mouth, right? Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is that. Now, in this version, it says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. But in the King James Version, it says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He knew exactly what to do. Here's a bunch of Jews hanging out. They've grown up reading the Old Testament, being taught the Old Testament by rabbis, by their parents, morning, noon, and night, if they were doing it right. right? These people knew the word. The Old Testament word. So the minute he says, no, 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 wait a minute. This is that. This is what, what Joel prophesied. Now he, he picked up some, maybe half or maybe more than them, kind of leaned in and said, okay, okay. I, I remember that. That hasn't happened yet. Could this be it? He says, this is that. And that's what we're going to do over the next four weeks is, is we're going to explain what this is that it's actually that. This still happens today. People don't understand, so they go from being amazed and perplexed to making fun of what they don't understand. Listen, we're trying to point the finger outside the church, but the fact of the matter, it happens in the church. When I first got saved and I went to my first Benny Hinn conference in the Miami arena, and it was jam-packed, and people were laughing and falling on the ground, and he's got his jacket, and he's whipping it around, and, you know, and I'm saved a year, maybe, and I'm, our church was responsible to be ushers in this conference, and uh, so we, I was sitting the second row up. I mean, I was right in the front, you know, and stuff was happening, and people were behaving, and I was laughing, and not because of the Holy Spirit, 
And, and I looked around, and then I said, okay, Lord, if this is, if this is real, I raised my hand and said, if this is real, I want some of that. And I was still bitter, and I was still uh, 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 you know, coming out of this, off the streets. I was still trying to figure out my way around. I was green in, in Christianity, you know. And, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I could not stop laughing. I started laughing uncontrollably. Now, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so if I would have went, the Holy Spirit would not have made me laugh. But because I surrendered and said, okay, Lord, do whatever you want with me, that happened to me. I could no longer make fun. Now I was worried that they were making fun of me. You know, I always say this, we, if the Holy Spirit moves upon our congregation, we're here to get out of the way and let it do what it wants to do. But when it moves across everybody, it moves across everybody. Everybody. So if, if there's a move and somebody decides this move is going to be, a, it's not scriptural, but I'm going to use barking like a dog. Right? Then we're all going to bark like dogs. <laughs> I would, you know, I didn't want to say anything at the beginning. I was like, Johnny must be tired because he's been real quiet this morning. I haven't heard Johnny all morning. At first I was like, is he even here? I need to talk to you after the service, by the way. He's not in trouble. He's not in trouble. I just hadn't seen him earlier. I didn't see him earlier. I didn't see him earlier. <laughs> So Peter stood up and stopped the mocking and questioning and said, let me explain this to you. This is that. And as I said, Christianity has a branding problem. We need to fix it. People have rejected church and Christianity based on bad information, bad experiences, bad relationships, bad counseling. Now, if I were to add a scripture into the Bible and it be my own, it would be this one. Do not blame God for what people do. That's 1 Rick chapter 1, verse 1. Do not blame God for what people do. Don't we do that? We blame the church. We blame. If a pastor falls, and believe me, if, if a pastor goes around and feeds its community, builds homes. If a church goes around and does all these great things, we do not end up on the news. Never. A pastor falls, gets caught doing something he shouldn't be doing. Everybody wants to interview that guy. Everybody wants to splat his face all over the news, YouTube, social media. And then what hurts me the most is not that someone like that falls, because we believe in restoration, and I've seen pastors that have fallen into sexual immorality and been restored and are great pastors today. I believe in that. But we see them fall, and even the Christians turn on them. I'm not like them. He doesn't represent me. Sure he does. Maybe your issue is not sexual immorality, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There was a, a pastor that had this, uh, I, I've said this before here, uh, and I'll, I'll, make, I'll short, shorten the story. He had a, 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 a homosexual boy that kept coming to the church and staying in the parking lot, and every morning he would see him out there, and then Sundays he would see him out there. And finally, the pastor goes out to the guy and says, hey, you know, what's going on? I see you out here, but I never see you inside the church. He goes, oh, I live the homosexual lifestyle, and uh, I don't think I'd be welcome there. And the pastor goes, of course you're welcome in there. You're always welcome in there. 
And the kid goes, no, you don't understand. I was born this way. And the pastor's response blew me away. So was I. He said, so was I. I was born this way too. And the kid looked at him thinking that he was going to say he was homosexual. He goes, I'm a sinner too. I, born, I was born a liar, a deceiver. I was born with these weaknesses in my life. But God has made them strengths. And I've overcome a lot of these because I went in there. Because I went into the building and somebody accepted me and loved on me just like we'll do with you. Because I was born that way too. He didn't go against it. Oh no, science and this. They don't need, they need to be loved. Love covers a multitude of sin. Talk about a branding problem. I'm not allowed over there because they're saying that about the church. We're doing something wrong. Holy Spirit. Let's do who is he. You should have your notes. If you'd like to have uh, paper notes, we hand those out. If you raise your hand, we'll get an usher to give you one of those if you like. But uh, who is he? He is my inner voice. Jesus at the Last Supper is giving some final instructions to his disciples. John 16, 8. It says, when he has come, he will convict the world in respect to sin and righteousness and judgment. Conviction is not condemnation. Conviction leads you to repentance that delivers you from your sin, from from being a slave to sin. Condemnation just tears you down and beats you up and leaves you on the ground. See, that still small voice that lets us know not to cross a line is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. My suggestion is listen. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord. Now, I didn't know this scripture at the time that we uh, had a gentleman, his, uh, a young man, he was probably 18, 20 years old, and he was coming to church and... Uh, his wife, his wife, his mom was a witch. He was raised under that kind of teaching and under that kind of uh, uh, spiritual influence. And uh, he was coming to the church, and, and you could tell that there was demonic influence there. And he would sit in the back, and he would mock things that would happen, and, and he would, like, under his breath. And one day I had, I had, I had enough. Um, kid's name was Robert. So I went to the back, and I pulled him up out of the chair, and I said, Robert, because I had talked to him a couple times. I said, why are you here? And this thing starts to manifest, and this voice comes out of him that's not his own. And I said, no, 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 I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Robert. Now, I don't do these things by my own strength. This is all Holy Spirit-led, okay? This is why we need the Holy Spirit. So I said, why are you here? And he wouldn't answer, and I said, listen, If you confess and profess that Jesus is Lord of your life, these demons will leave you alone. Go ahead. Say, Jesus is Lord. He couldn't do it. His mouth opened, no words came out. He couldn't do it. So I said, Robert, do you want to be delivered from these things? He goes, no. They bring me comfort. His demons, so-called, brought him comfort. Unfortunately, we had to have him removed. 
He didn't come to the church to receive. He came to the church to mock what was happening, and we weren't going to allow those spirits to have their way in there. And he was, he was accompanying them. They were accompanying him. He couldn't say Jesus is Lord because that only happens by the Holy Spirit. So he is my inner voice. He is my teacher. You can read the Bible on your own and get revelation through the teacher that is the Holy Spirit. Now I know if you come out of certain religions, even some Christian churches, without the pastor, you're not going to ever learn anything or grow. You got to come here because I got all truth and I'm going to give it to you. Right? That is so far from the truth. Do I have a job to do? Yeah. There are several scriptures. There, uh, 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 I think it's Peter gets trans to the eunuch on the cart, right? He says, what keeps me? He's reading Isaiah, and he goes, what keeps me from being baptized? And he says, what are you reading? He goes, how am I going to know what I'm reading unless I have a preacher or a teacher? So he needed someone to help him translate what was happening. And there are other scriptures that say that. But you have the word, and thank God we do. We've, been part, we've seen and been part of ministries that they share a Bible over 20, 30 families because they don't have Bibles in their country because they're communist and anti-God. There's a, there's a, a city, a, a place in China that a Bible was sent to that it might be on, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube, but I read this. I used to get the Martyrs magazine martyr for god or something it's a it's a magazine every and they talk about these different stories they give you a a map that you put on your wall i used to have it on my on my wall in my office and it had little spots of all the different places where christians have preached the gospel and and were martyred for god well there was one area in china and they had a bible and they went and they took the bible apart book by book and then they made a book out of each one so instead of having one bible with all the books in it they had all the different matthew mark luke john act right so they had and then they would share them and they would go from different places to different places like that and they would share the different books and then they would gather in small groups you know hidden and they would talk about what they read this week and what they learned and and how this god loves them that they sent his only begotten son you know and they read on their own they couldn't have major uh, meetings like they couldn't meet like this they couldn't meet like this and you're going to tell me that because they didn't have a five-fold ministry person sitting in that room with them and they were sharing the word that they didn't learn anything that they didn't grow that their lives weren't changed that they were never left the same no and i understand why we stay away from saying some of these things because we want people to feel like they have to come to church. You get to come to church. Yeah. <laughs> right? We gather as the body of Christ and we get to be here together. Listen, I get excited for this. I love my wife. I spend, you know, we just spent a couple of days together. We went away to the beach. That's why I got a little red, you know, cheeks here. But uh, we went just a day and a half just to kind of clear our head. And, you know, we lost a dear friend and we had a lot happen in the last couple of weeks. So we just went away for a little while. And uh, I love spending time with her. But there's something about coming here. And then when I see you guys come through the door, I get all like, hey, how are you? I try. You know, if you ever see me go, oh, man, person. <laughs> I don't do that. Right? I'm excited to see you guys. Austin, even though you came late, I was excited to watch you walk through the door. <laughs> Look how red he got. The only reason, 
The only reason I'm picking on Austin is because he was practically born in this, in this building, right? <laughs> and then he, he grew up here. He went to the, the army. He drove tanks, right? And then he served our country. Thank you for your service. And, uh, and now he's back. So that's what happens when you get old. You see people do this stuff and said, I remember him running around here. Weren't you the one that broke the wall back there? <laughs> you were. You broke the wall. You guys were having a youth thing and running across here. And I think they, it wasn't either that or they blamed you. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't. It wasn't, his fault. It wasn't. They pushed him. Somebody pushed Austin into the wall and broke a big thing back here. Every, all the youth were like, oh, my God, we got to tell Pastor Rick. And I was like, ah, that's not so bad. I'm glad you didn't go through there. Oh, that's nothing. I won't say his name because he's not here. We had another young gentleman get his driver's license. I'm trying not to say who it is. He got his driver's license for like two weeks. He comes to pull in here. He parks right out here, gets in his car after he's done youth or something. Youth. He goes out here, goes, gets in his car, throws it in the drive and hits the gas and ran into our building. You should have seen him when he came to tell me. So I was like, bro, do you have... Do you- do you have insurance? I, I, I laughed. I shouldn't have laughed. I said, do you have insurance? He says, yeah. And I said, it'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. It's just the building, man. He was like a mess. He was a mess. But, uh, but you can't even tell now. We fixed it, and it's all nice. And, you know, he learned that, that D is to go forward, and R is to go, <laughs> R is to go in reverse. The Holy Spirit would have been his teacher if he would have asked. John 14, 26, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will what? Teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. See, John had already taught, and now he's telling them the Holy Spirit's going to confirm what I've already taught you. I encourage you. That's why we give you these little papers with all the notes and the scriptures in them. Go home. We have people that have bought the little, because it's, a, it's a, you know, a, a page cut in half, and they put the holes in. They have the little uh, books with all of my teachings inside of them. They can go back to them and, 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 and get them. And I don't know if, are we still putting them online, uh, Gus, the, the notes with the, the, the yeah. sermon? Okay, that's a, that's a no, but we're going to get them to do it. Don't worry. Because we used to do that. We used to put the notes on there. But you can get them here, right? And if you want them on the way out, you can get them on the way out. We make plenty of them. And you can, uh, uh, you can have the notes with you. So you can go home and study and, and, uh, and, you know, and confirm what's been spoken from this pulpit. I encourage you to do that. 1 John 2, 24 through 27. Look at this. This New Living Translation. It says, so you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. So you got to remember that scripture as you keep reading through these because then you could throw that one away and go to the next one and say that this is what he's saying here. But he's already saying you've been taught something. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. 26, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. Somebody was teaching something that shouldn't have been taught. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone. Now, he's talking about the false teachers, okay? You don't need anyone to teach you what is true. 
For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. With this, remain in this. You've been taught something. Somebody came in, tried to teach you something wrong. All you got to do is go to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, is this for real? When you're, especially nowadays, everybody, you know, that scripture, everyone has itching ears. They want to hear something new. I want to hear something old. A couple thousand years old. (laughs) He is our inner voice. He is my teacher. He is my guide my guide. Not sure what to do, a decision you have to make. We ask a bunch of people and everybody gives their two cents. They're not living your life. I'm here because of the Holy Spirit. I'm standing before you today because the Holy Spirit led us here. I didn't choose this. Doesn't mean I don't want to do it, but I didn't choose this. It was chosen for me. I was talking to somebody uh, coming out of Rama just a couple of years ago, and they were like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to become a pastor, and, and I'm going to this, and I'm going to that. And, and, and I, I'm going, yeah, I don't know if you're, are you sure? They were like gung-ho, which is great. Their zeal was awesome. <laughs> Bless their loving hearts and their stupid minds, as uh, uh, Papa Hagen used to say, Brother Hagen. But they were like, oh, I want to do this. And I said, listen. Ministry is not something you go after and choose. Ministry is something that is chosen for you, and then you got to choose to say yes. Right? I'm not here because I want to do these things. I want to serve God. And because I'm serving God, I'm here. So that makes me happy. Right? I'm not miserable here because I don't want to be here. I want to be here because I want to serve Him. And in serving Him, the Holy Spirit leads us and directs us to where we're at. Sometimes what looks good on paper may not be the right choice. When we were going to leave for Rhema, the hardest thing I had to do was sell my bass boat. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It was hard, though. It was hard. When the guy showed up with a handful of wad of cash in his hand because he came with cash, I was like, oh, take the boat. (laughs) And she was all excited. (laughs) I was pretty good. But anyway... Uh, you know, we sold everything, and I had uh, I owned a, a company for about three and a half years uh, together with another gentleman from Jacksonville, and it was an agency for Xerox. We fixed copiers, and I was responsible for certain territory. I had 12 employees under me, and uh, you know all their salaries, everything, and we were doing pretty good. We were doing okay. I had a bass boat in my garage, so we were doing okay. And uh, right before we were going to leave, the week of that we were going to let the guy know, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going to Bible school, I'm, I'm going to follow what the Holy Spirit's telling me. Xerox offers to triple my business. So good times three. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> right? And what do we call these things when we see the chiching? Oh, it's the Lord's blessing on my life. Look at what God has done for me. Look at what's happening. If I would have accepted that, Who knows where we would be today? I don't know if I'd have a marriage. I don't know where my kids would be today. And and they couldn't understand. Do you understand what we're offering you? I said, I totally get what you're offering me. I get it. I got to do this. I got to do this. So sometimes it may look good on paper, but the Holy Spirit may lead you in a different direction 
I'm always going to say, yes, Lord. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Talk about prophetic. Listen. Listen, Linda, listen. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. I just used this scripture a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Holy Spirit. He is my friend. John 14, 16. And I will, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. This word counselor is parakletos. It's of the Holy Spirit. Here's the definition of the Holy Spirit. Destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension to the Father. To lead them, lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. You know, when you're going through something, isn't it good to have a good friend? I remember a guy that had some friends. He was laid out on the side of the road, paralyzed. Jesus was in a house preaching. He was the answer. He was the healing that was going to happen to this man. He couldn't get there, but he had some friends. And these friends didn't just go there and say, hey, the place is full. We can't get you inside. We'll leave you out here. Maybe if Jesus comes out this door here before he leaves, maybe he'll see you on the ground here. No, these friends didn't give up. They decided to get this man on a roof of the house. Can you imagine? He's paralyzed. Can't be. He's probably not, you know, not like us today. We're well fed. So let's just say he's 150 pounds. 140, 150, right around there, right? Get him on the roof, four guys. They rip out the roof of this guy's house, right? The owner of the house is probably going to get a little upset. But they ripped out the roof, and they lowered this man right before Jesus. Now read the, the, read the I don't have the, the, it just came to me now, but I don't have the scripture in front of me, but read it, because it says because of their faith, his friend's faith. Not even his. There, because, hey, you guys up there, because of your faith of everything you did, that's the friends I want. I want friends like that. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It'll go out of its way to lead you and direct you into the best possible scenario for your life, your situation, your problems, everything. Because he's your friend. He's your friend. Proverbs 18, 24. Even a man who has many companions can be destroyed. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 in the message. The message is a paraphrase. I always say this before I read any scripture from the Message Bible. It is a paraphrase. It is not a, a true translation. But some of these, this is one of my favorite scriptures in, written in the message. And it's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And it says, The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. 
Amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ. Extravagant, not just love, but extravagant love of God. And the intimate, not just a friendship, but an intimate friend, which is the Holy Spirit, would be with you all. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit in me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. This is also in the message. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. The Holy Spirit makes you fit for him. See, God is a spirit. You can't have a relationship with God in your flesh. You can only have a relationship with God in your spirit. It, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and you immediately are able to have an intimate relationship with God because of that spirit that lives inside of you. You're immediately close to him. You're immediately able to go into the throne room of God. You know that you don't physically go in there. You spiritually go in there. Yeah. Making you fit. And then... You know, people. Oh, I don't. I. I need. I, before I come to Jesus, I need to. I need to get right. You know, and I need to change this. And change. you're not going to be able to do that without the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. Believe me, I know. I tried. How did I get delivered from all that? I asked the Spirit to come and live inside of me by receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So three things. Three things I want you to pray concerning the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have some interaction here this morning. Holy Spirit, show me. Say that. Holy Spirit, show me. Ooh, be careful with that one. One more time. Holy Spirit, show me. <laughs> Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God. How does he do that? Through the Holy Spirit. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. That's a pretty deep prayer for David right there. Yes. Search me. In, in another version, it says, Search me, O God, if there's any iniquity in me. Yes. Cleanse me from it. Remove it. You're allowing God to go to your most inner... You know, we go to God and we confess things like he didn't already know. Right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come before you, Lord, and oh, Lord, forgive me for this, that, and the other, but this, I'm going to keep this a secret. There's no secrets with God. Like he doesn't know that that's going on? Sin is like fungus. It thrives in the darkness. Expose it to the light and it'll die away. Holy Spirit, show me. Ezekiel. Oh, this is one that we don't use very often. Ezekiel 36, 27, 26 and 27. It says, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. How are we going to follow his decrees? Through the Holy Spirit. A hardened heart is not going to do what God asked them to do. It's going to rebel. But a heart of flesh full of the Holy Spirit, yeah. is moldable, right? Teachable. 
So the number one thing you want to pray is, Holy Spirit, show me. Number two, Holy Spirit, change me. Come on, help me out. Holy Spirit, change me. Mm. We say that kind of like a blank statement, but as you say that, every individual in here knows what you're asking for because your change is different than mine. So when you say, Holy Spirit, change me, even the Holy Spirit is revealing to you right now what needs to be changed. If you didn't already know. (laughs) Duh. Holy Spirit, change me. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, New Living Translation says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 18, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Quit fighting and working hard to become more like God and just surrender to the Spirit and let Him make you more like God because that's the only way that that's going to work. You can never be good enough. You can never behave. And what we've done, we've created this Christianese life. We have our own language, we have our own way we look, the way we behave, the things that we shun away, the things that we, uh, that we, right? And come on. My wife said, cultural Christianity is exactly what it is. But we're supposed to be separate from our culture. A A city set up on a hill. Holy Spirit, change me. Number three, last one. Holy Spirit, fill me. Say that. Holy Spirit, fill me. Shandai. Korabasanda. Be careful, you might start speaking in tongues in a moment. Now we believe that here. I I got saved June 21st, 1987 uh, uh, in Homestead, Florida. I got saved and just a few minutes later I received the Holy Spirit and began praying in tongues. I didn't understand it. Nobody explained it to me. I had never seen it before. I had never seen anybody ever. It wasn't anything that I was going to throw away or I had seen incorrectly. or I had never seen it. I just started praying in tongues. Now, since then, it's been 35 years. Since then, I have seen a lot that has been done in the name of the Holy Spirit that wasn't the Holy Spirit at all. I have a teaching that I do on the Holy Spirit, and I explain, I think it's nine or ten different reasons why tongues. And it's not what you would expect. If I stood up here and prayed in the Spirit, I said, Spirit, come down on me, and I, and I began to pray in tongues. And I did that for a couple of minutes and ended, and nobody translated what I, what I said. There was no prophecy afterwards. When I prophesy, it's just the way the Lord uses me. When I prophesy, usually, I usually pray in the Spirit before, and then I prophesy what the Lord has to say. It doesn't happen very often. I'm not a prophet, never claim to be a prophet, but just because I prophesy doesn't make me a prophet, as it says, right? But I do on occasion as the Holy Spirit moves and the gifts of the Spirit move, gifts of the Spirit. Can I take a, a side note there? If you operate in the fruits of the Spirit, then the gifts of the Spirit will manifest. Because it is the same Spirit. We want the gifts, 
but we don't want to operate in the fruits. I know I want to teach that, but I haven't gotten it together yet. So when we say, Holy Spirit, fill me, we think of all these things that have happened and they've been unbiblical. As I was saying, if I pray in tongues here and do nothing, do you know what the Bible says? I believe it's Titus. It says it edifies me. You know what else it says? It says it, it gives praise perfectly. Praying in tongues brings praise perfectly. But that's still all about me and God. It has nothing to do with you. So it does nothing for you. So what we do is we take the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians and we take that and we say, hey, we're not supposed to because we don't, yeah, we haven't done it exactly how the framework says that we should do it. But that doesn't mean we throw it away. It doesn't mean we don't do it. It means we learn and we grow and we learn how to use those gifts. We learn how to discern. We learn how to prophesy. We learn how to pray in the Spirit and have, trans and have someone translate it. We learn to do those things. But what we've done is we've thrown it out because it's given the church a bad name. Or oh, you're those tongue talkers. You're those Pentecostals. You know what Pentecostal means? 50th day. has nothing to do with legalism, has nothing to do with praying in tongues and rolling around on the ground, has nothing to do, it means 50 days after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit came down. 40 days after he was on the ground, 10 days they waited, 50th day after Passover, 50 days, Pentecost, that's all it means. What, it, what has it become? We're a Pentecostal church. What does that mean? No pants, no makeup, no beach, no hair, no, right? You can't do any of these things. You can't look right. You can't look left. You can't. The whole religion out of the word 50 days. <laughs> See how, how we, have, we have to teach this is that? And there'll be moments here where we pray and we lay hands on people. And I prayed this morning and I said, Lord, if you leave me to do that, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll, I'll call up whoever's baptized in the Holy Ghost and have them pray for another. and Whatever you want me to do. But I haven't heard from the Spirit yet today. Now, we teach this here. One time I taught on the Holy Spirit, and then I said, okay, if you want to receive this, I'm going to teach on tongues, just tongues alone, on a Wednesday night. And we had a whole group of people come in, and a whole bunch of them got baptized in the Holy Ghost and began praying in tongues back there on a Wednesday night. It wasn't forced upon them. They showed up. Holy Spirit, fill me. Say that one more time. I just want more of you, Lord. I want more of you. Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. I don't want anything to do with debauchery. It just doesn't sound good. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. In Acts 13.52, New American Standard Bible and the disciples were continually continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit it wasn't just for then it was something that continued and continued and continued to happen 
When you get saved and you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you know what comes into you. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy, the Holy Spirit within you. But there's also a Holy Spirit upon you. Completely different. Baptism of the Holy Spirit means to be immersed in the Spirit. What happens when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost? You pray in tongues. It's the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. But because you don't pray in tongues doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. Churches have taught that. I can't find that. It's not there. I have a saying that uh, when they do the lights like this, I can't Bill's over there. I have a saying that says, the Holy, being baptized in the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. It only makes me better than me. And if you're here this morning and you're like, you know, that's really not for me, that's fine. But I'm not going to remove it from what we believe in our doctrine because it is, it's in the Bible. And, and I'll take it this far. You hang around with dog with fleas, you get. Hang around Holy Ghost people. <laughs> Just keep hanging around. You'll be okay. Just keep hanging around. And I could sit here and start quoting scripture about the, if you know not what you ought to pray, pray in the spirit. See, that does nothing for you. But it edifies me. It takes faith to do that. I'm doing it so long. You know, when I teach the Holy Spirit, I do my best to try to speak the three languages that I do know in English as I'm speaking to you now. Y fuera empezar a hablar en español, entonces me van a entender todo lo que hablan. Si hablo como los españoles, entonces los españoles son lo que habla el español propio. They have a lisp. People from Spain have a lisp. También yo falo un poquito de portugués, pero si usted fala devagar, yo entendí todo. That's my Portuguese. I mix it with Spanish and they understand me. My wife's like, you know they're laughing at you. We're in Brazil and I'm speaking my broken Portuguese. And you know they're laughing at you. I don't care. I got my coconut water. It's all I care about. <laughs> they can laugh all they want. They understood what I wanted. I got my fried fish on the beach. I found out where the bathroom was. We're good. You know, I'm okay. So everyone has that language that they, God has a language. He understands every language ever created because they're all his. But there's a special language. There's just, if you're Hispanic and you were raised in a, another country and you spoke Spanish most of your life and then you learned English here, Spanish is dear to you because it's part of your culture, right? God has one of those languages. Why wouldn't I want that? I don't have to learn it. <laughs> he gives it to me. And I get to speak to him in his language, and the devil does not understand a word. He can't put doubt in my heart. He can't come into my mind and change what I'm praying. We 
got to change the way that the world sees the church and sees the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the praying in tongues. It's got to change. Stand to your feet this morning. Lord, I thank you, Father, for not leaving us alone, for sending your Holy Spirit to live inside of us, that we could have a relationship with you, an intimate relationship with our friend, the Holy Spirit. Thank you that it teaches us, it guides us, it convicts us. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our midst, not just here as we gather, but in our homes, during our prayer time, during communion. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move upon us and that the gifts of the Spirit would be evident. We desire those gifts to operate in our midst. We know that it's by your will, but it is through your Spirit that has to be present. And your Holy Spirit is present here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you, Lord. And we continue. We continue in your presence because your presence is in us. The Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.